You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And I am in addiction recovery, feeling a little bit goofy today. We're going to hop right in because we've got so many things to talk about. We're going to talk about the four agreements because I seem to be bringing them up a lot in these last uh, 10, 20, 30 episodes. It feels like not only before I got us into this daily habit, was I bringing them up frequently. And if you want to go back to hear how I talked about this stuff like four years ago. Go back to episode 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28. 24 is a big overarching version of it. And then then 25 through 28 is when we break them down. So what we're going to do on these next two episodes is we're actually just going to split them up and talk about them um, in little pieces. And this will get us all the way until the 31st when we're going to discuss why tonight is the best night to get ourselves to waking up sober. And then January 1st, we're just going to aptly name that one day one. So let's get ourselves into the whole Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements. Now, these are super awesome. And you know they're awesome because I keep bringing them up. And so many of you have actually read them that I get a lot of messages from people being like, I loved that episode. It was about, you know, the four agreements. And that was one of the first things that I read. And I so enjoyed it. And I think one of the coolest reasons why this speaks to us so much is because it lays out just this very simple strategy to understand ourselves and to begin to shift our behaviors. But it's so broadly connected. When you think about the first agreement, being impeccable with your word. The second agreement, don't take things personally. The third, don't make assumptions. And the fourth, always do your best. They are so simple, but yet so all-encompassing. And being impeccable with your word. When you ask yourself, well, what does that mean? And for Don Miguel, he tells us that it literally means without sin. That's the whole idea of impeccable. And in this context, what we're talking about is being in integrity with your highest self, not sin uh, against, let's reel it in a little bit. The word sin within the religious context can be like to not do something wrong against somebody else. And you know how, uh, I think it's in Christianity, they say that you're born with sin. And a lot of people want to push back against that. Well, we're not... listening and hearing sin as within the religious context where it's normally associated within the four agreements within what Don Miguel Ruiz wrote, we really want to focus on that sin is to not go against the best version of ourselves, that we want to work for ourselves, not against ourselves. So how is it that you are not sinning against yourself? When we look at addiction, what it does is basically just creates this entire world where we are sinning against ourselves. So when we're wanting to be impeccable with our word, I think it first and foremost starts with ourselves. How are we being impeccable with our word when it comes to the way we communicate with ourselves, the promises we make to ourselves, the decisions that we follow through, the actions that we take? And then going back to the recognize 
evaluate and correct from yesterday when we get our results? How are we recognizing the process in which that led us here to get those results? How are we evaluating the results with a positive, optimistic growth mindset or a pessimistic fixed mindset? And then we seek about the correcting of them. We're not looking for perfection here. Somebody the other day was like, oh, so you, it's like you don't want to do your TEDx talk till it's perfect. Oh, no, I am not a perfectionist. I am a progressionist. Perfection doesn't exist because in order for something to be perfect, you would have to expect that every single person who, who experiences what you have done, what you've created, will think it's perfect because perfection isn't up to us. We can think it's perfect and then hand it into the teacher and she marks it all up with the red ink pen. And then all that perfection we thought we had achieved immediately just out the window. Perfection is subjective to perspective. And because I highly doubt 7 billion people and counting are going to look at something and all agree that it's perfect. Even there are people out there who talk smack about the Mona Lisa or the, uh, or David or, about a bridge. <laughs> there are people who ridicule sunshine. So <laughs> good luck with them ever finding something you've done as a collectivity of the human consciousness go to agree that something you did was perfect. So you want to do it to the best of your ability. You want to do it in such a way that you can be happy with what your product is. Being impeccable with your word to yourself is following through with the promises you make to yourself. You want to get a new job to spend more time at home and with the family? Then be impeccable to your word. And it may take a year for you to find it, but always have your sensors on seeking it. You want to release some weight and be in a better shape? It might take you a year to accomplish that weight that you've been looking at the scale, wanting it to say, but you know each and every day whether your behavior is feeding you in that direction or holding you back from moving toward that direction. This goes back to that toward away energy that I've referenced a lot. Are you trying to move toward a higher sense of self, a better version of you, or are you trying to move away from a version of you that you no longer want to be? I can say I don't ever want to be the guy in a bathtub covered in his own filth. So I'm, that's an away energy. I don't want to be an addict anymore because I don't want to be a disgusting person who wakes up in a bathtub covered in their own filth. That's the away from energy. I'm trying to get away from bathtub boy. Whenever I say I want to get into sobriety and recovery because I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be more financially stable. I want to be able to create amazing things in my life that addiction was taking from me. That's that toward energy. I'm moving toward this. I go to work not to live in a van down by the river is away energy. I go to work so that I can be financially stable and go on a really cool vacation. That's toward energy. I'm moving toward the goal, not away from the anti-goal. So when you want to be impeccable with your word, understand that your word begins to solidify when you honor yourself in the decisions you make and the actions you take. Being impeccable with your word to other people, that's fidelity in the um, clinical mental health counseling role that I'm taking on in the future. One of the things we've had to do recently is talk a lot about our ethical demeanor and what ethical guidelines will follow. Fidelity is one of those that they talk about a lot, and that's just keeping your promises, being trustworthy, following through with the things that you say you're going to do. That's being impeccable with your word, is stepping into fidelity. 
realizing that you are the one in control of your actions. Therefore, if you promised you're going to do something, do it and have a damn good reason for why you can't if you can't. Not just that your feelings aren't doing all that well today or you're feeling a little under the weather. You made a promise, follow through with it. Life is, imp- Life is full of opportunities for us to back out of promises. And I'm not saying that if you're sick as a dog that you shouldn't back out and still let everybody know that you're sick. It's up to you to know where within this hypothetical construct that I have created just now, whether what you're doing in your own life is just simply allowing your mood and your emotions to treat you like a grocery store bag in the wind, or if you are in control. If you are actually backing out of something because it's really not a good time for you, or if you're just not feeling great in the moment, it's like when I was a sick kid, I'd be like, mom, I don't feel well. I can't go to school. And it's like, as soon as she's like, okay, I called to school. You don't have to go to school anymore. Just go up in your bedroom and lay down. And all of a sudden I felt really energized and ready to play video games. Yeah. I just wasn't in the mood to go to school. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling well. I just didn't want to do this thing that I was supposed to do. Just know the difference. Being impeccable with your word is honoring yourself. Don't change the way you behave simply because other people don't behave the same way. I'm not going to allow somebody else's selfishness or aloofness to dramatically change the way I am going to behave around them. Yes, I might choose to no longer make as many plans with them. I might choose to shift my focus to somebody else or something else. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to allow their behavior to completely impact mine. I'm going to keep my word to myself, that I am honorable, that I am grateful, that I am driven by integrity. The second agreement, don't take anything personally, is literally that. How someone responds to you often says way more about them than it says anything about you. They might project their internal emotions, their internal thoughts onto you. Oh, you're so selfish. All you ever want is what you want for you. And if that's the scope, the lens at which they want to experience you at, the likelihood you're going to be able to shift them from you're totally selfish, you only do what you want to do, over into what it is that you're actually up to, it's going to be difficult because they've chosen the scope at which they are now going to experience you in. So whatever they say about you, can generally be construed as a projection of how they are just experiencing you. Does that make sense? Like, you're always selfish. Well, you know how I feel about universal quantifiers. Very rarely is something always, never, everyone, all the time. That's mathematically impossible. What is more likely is that they have noticed a pattern in your behavior, and therefore they are going to react or respond to you based off of what they believe they know about you. So when somebody says something, you might say, well, Jesse, I'm not selfish. I am not inconsiderate. So when they say that, they can't possibly be uh, seeing that in me. It must be a projection, potentially. Or maybe there are times where you choosing to do what you want to do in the moment goes against what they would prefer you do in the moment. And therefore, they're going to classify that as selfish. When you had to go to work, be like a kid being like, hey, can we just take the day off and go to the zoo while I've got to go to work? Oh, you're so selfish. 
are you going to possibly be able to explain to them the importance of going to work and how the car and the electricity and all their phones and all the fun things that you do are paid for by work? Sure, you could rationally attempt to explain that to a child, but children are generally fueled by emotions and the likelihood that you're going to get through to their prefrontal cortex, through their emotional ghetto that is their limbic system and uh, the amygdala and all of that is going to be a bit of a challenge. (laughs) But they could choose to see your behavior as selfish, even if what you're actually doing is seeking to better their life through your behaviors. It'd be like sending your spouse across town to do run an errand for you so that they, they're not in the house while the really amazing gift shows up. And they think you're selfish because you already knew their day was busy and you sent them on this errand. But at the same time, you want them to come home and there's this amazing gift. But in order to achieve that gift arriving without their knowledge, you had to go off and send them to do something. So for those two hours they're going across town to complete an errand they think you should be doing, and they're cursing your name, as soon as they come home, their complete perspective of it shifts when they see this amazing gift that you've placed in the middle of the living room for them. But in those moments, they were experiencing you one way. And then they may have said some harsh things, but you're not taking it personally in the moment because you know at the end is this amazing gift that they're going to be joyous to receive. So where is it that you are taking things personally that isn't for you to take personally? If somebody wants to continue to see you through the lens of who you were in your active addiction, and now you've got some time, one day or one year or 20 years, who you were then is not who you are now. Who you are now is who you are now. And who you'll be tomorrow is created in the now. This second agreement is extremely important because people are going to say things sideways to you. They're going to do it. Nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. Is a quote I pulled out of the Don Miguel Ruiz Four Agreements book. Nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. This goes back to the neuro-linguistic programming presupposition that nobody does anything against you. They do it for themselves. You may have stolen money out of your parents' purse or wallet whenever you were in active addiction. And they could be like, I can't believe you did that to me. What you really did was something for yourself. You needed 20 bucks for drugs. They had 20 bucks. Now you have 20 bucks for drugs and they have no bucks. It wasn't against them. You would have taken it from any purse or wallet that was laying down in the moment. They think you did it against them. What you were doing was supplying yourself with money for alcohol and drugs. And this little example works in many ways. You didn't eat the last cookie to spite your dad. You ate the last cookie because you wanted the last cookie. Dad may have been the one who wanted the cookie, and now he doesn't get to have the cookie, so he thinks that you did something against him. But in reality, it was the cookie in your belly that you were seeking. Even if you ate the cookie, knowing it would full well spite him, you still wanted the cookie. You still got something out of it. He'd be like, you just did that to spite me. You are correct. But in spiting you that way, I got to feel better about myself. It always goes back to you doing something for yourself. So if somebody says something painful towards you, just realize they're seeking to fulfill an internal need. It might be that they have shame around what they did back then and now you're changing and they don't know how to handle it. So they're going to say mean, nasty things to you so they don't have to look at themselves in the mirror. 
You may have hurt them in the past by doing something, and now they're seeing you through that perspective. So no matter how much you try to shift your behaviors, they're saying nasty things to you that just don't make sense according to who you are today. But again, if they have to admit that you're changing, then does that mean they have to change? And what happens if in your changing, you decide that they are no longer somebody you want to have in your life? So best to keep the devil they know around than the devil they don't. All of these things and so many more can come into play when people say things, do things, act a certain way around you, towards you, to you, within your sphere of influence. Realizing that people are going to behave the way they behave based off of a fulfillment of their own internal needs, wants, and desires being met can really take a lot of the gravity that a negative comment, a negative action, behavior, thought towards you has upon you. Just ask yourself, how was that actually for them? If I'm not going to take it personally, then I need to realize that their behavior is for themselves. What need were they seeking to have fulfilled? Excuse me. Because even if you yell at an employee at work, you might be like, that. I, I, you need that person in that moment to work a different way. You are seeking to fulfill a need within yourself. I need you to do this so that my boss thinks I'm doing a good job. I need you to do this so that the company stays strong. Yelling at you is just to get you motivated to do your job. And I might say some heinous things, but I'm doing it for me so that the business does well. It's whenever somebody says something to you, then you decide, okay, well, I probably do need to work a little bit differently. So I will choose to take from that the inspiration to work differently. I do not have to take the mean things that they said to heart. People talk and respond in emotional ways. It's what humans do. Oftentimes, when cooler heads prevail, people begin to change the way that they would have discussed it. But by that point, they've already reacted rather than responded. You can work on increasing your space between so you respond to people who say things that are hurtful to you. So you can begin to practice not taking things so personally. And one of the ways you can do that is tying it back into the first agreement, which is being impeccable with your word and making a promise to yourself that you will begin to act and behave differently. And then when you find yourself not acting and behaving differently, recognize the anchor that you were tied into that caused you to trip and activate the same old pattern loop that you're no longer willing to tolerate from yourself. Evaluate what about that anchor, what about that behavior caused your reaction rather than your response, and then seek to correct it. And if you do this day in and day out, being impeccable with your word, not taking things personally, responding rather than reacting, it will create connection in your life. At the very minimum, the very minimum, it will increase the connection you have with yourself. And that is the person you should be focused on the most. Because when you harness these agreements and these different kinds of behavior patterns in your life, you improve yourself. And by just natural osmosis, it will improve other people's lives. You know how many times people will come up to me after a speaking event or having been a listener to the show and be like, you know, I can't necessarily remember what particular thing you said, but I can remember how you made me feel. You made me feel better about myself. You helped me find hope where I thought there was none. 
you inspired me to do something I never thought I could. Well, what particular thing did I say? No idea. I just know that when I'm around you, this is how I feel. That's the power of taking these four agreements into your life. Embrace them. Recognize where they're there and recognize where they're not there. Seek to evaluate the whys and the whys nots and all the other invariables that can come around with it and then correct it. Do this day in and day out, my friends. And your higher self will be much closer to you than it is today. And you're not that far away from it to begin with. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.